Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. It is Wednesday night. It's October 19th, 2022. A brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast coming your way. Two-man show again this week, but I got one of my co-hosts back. Evan Webb is joining me. What's going on, Webby? It's good to be back. Thanks for having me back. Say a shout-out to Mr. <laughs> Eric Lee for holding down the fort for us last week. We, we got through it. We got through it. There were some, <laughs> some bumps, but we got through yeah. it. Uh, we're missing our third man, Andrew Eiler, tonight, but... Hopefully next week we'll have the three man crew back. We'll see. We'll see this. This thing called talking about a uh, a curse that's been broken. Hopefully oh, next week. we we can hope. And and he lives in that state. So yes, um, that's what we needed. <laughs> maybe maybe it all all take all it needs is uh, Andrew moving to Wisconsin. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. But we'll get into previewing the Wisconsin game in a bit. But first, let's talk about the Boilers' big win over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Survived a shootout, beating them forty three thirty seven. Four-game win streak for the Boilers now, first time since 2018. Of course, they'll be going for a five-game win streak this weekend up in Madison. That would be the first five-game win streak since they start off 5-0 in 2007, if they can do that. But uh, good win for the Boilers Saturday night. I mean, it wasn't an A-plus performance no. by any means, but uh, offense got the job done when they needed to. Absolutely. It was, it was a game that, I mean, kind of, how it's been all season was a game that I feel like Purdue could have easily put away uh, when given the chance, but they didn't. And then secondary really struggled really for the, probably the first time where we saw secondary truly struggle consistently. And sometimes throughout the season, they've maybe had a little bit of hiccups, but they've usually been able to bounce back or it's happening at the very last, you know, play of the game. But this was a game where they continually got burnt by one particular guy. And uh, I mean, definitely cost them for concern, but thankfully, O'Connell was on his A game and kind of helped overcome some of those, which kind of almost something we thought was going to be the case coming into the season was that Aiden was going to have to lead us to victory, you know, throwing for 350 yards each and every game and you know, putting up all these points. But it hasn't been the case all year, but it's, it was nice to kind of see him be able to sling it like he was. Yeah, Aiden was a bona fide stud, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, I just I just don't get nervous with him back there. He's calm, <laughs> cool, collected. He knows where he's going with the football, and, man, is he accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the defense for a little bit, we'll, we'll get up back on talking about AOC here in a little bit. But, yeah, the defense played good in the first half. I thought mm-hmm. it was the best our pass rush had looked all year long. But, like you said, they exposed something late. Once again, that first half when they went down and kicked a field goal, they saw something, made some adjustments at halftime, and Casey Thompson and Stanley Morgan were like, 
Steve Young to Jerry Rice <laughs> in that second half. Um, it was it. I don't know how worried we should be going forward about that. Um, Nebraska yeah. does that to a few people. I mean, now Stanley Morgan, that was the be- one of the best, if not the best, single game performance a wide receivers had in Nebraska history. Um, you mean uh, Trey Palmer? Yeah, why do I keep saying Stanley Morgan? Stanley Not Morgan's sure. a guy that used to play for them. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me because I would have kept doing that. Um, it's not. Yes, Trey Palmer. That's right, Trey Palmer. Um, but, you know, this weekend we'll be playing a Wisconsin team that they're known for running the ball. They don't pass it mm-hmm. uh, or pass it very well. Last year when they beat us, they only attempted eight passes. They just ran all over right. us. Um and it's, I mean, it's, and our run defense has been pretty good all year, but I mean, it'll, it'll be a real test because, I mean, Wisconsin running backs, you change the name, keep the same jersey, and it's the same result typically against Purdue. But hopefully, we'll, maybe we'll, get, a, we'll get more into that later, but it'll be a true test. But I think definitely probably some of the more athletic and maybe physically athletic receivers that we've probably faced here. I mean, maybe Penn State or Penn State probably had probably the, if not more, probably definitely the second closest that we'll see probably all season. Let's mm-hmm. put Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was, I mean, Palmer, I mean, 13 – or, sorry, seven tech catches for 237 yards, two touchdowns, longest of 72. I mean, for a defense that hadn't given up many, very many plays, you know, more than 20, we sure gave up quite a few on Saturday. Well, and he had a big run, too, on a reverse at one point. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, saw, I was looking at his stats at one for 60 yards. And I was like, I don't remember that one yard. I, mean, I don't remember that one run. Going into this pass, game, we were leading the Big Ten in uh, rushes that were 10-plus yards and 20-plus yards, but Nebraska popped a few on us <laughs> the other night. So, uh, But look at defensive stats. Jalen Graham led the team in tackles once again. Still okay. great to have number six back. He had six tackles, and he had a sack. He had one of the team's four sacks. Branson Dean had a sack. Kydron Jenkins had a sack. Jack Sullivan had a sack. Um, we had two interceptions. Uh, Clyde Washington got his first interception of the year. He, I think he kind of surprised himself. He caught the ball because he just got Casey Thompson threw it right to him. And then Reese Taylor. You know, we've been hard on Reese at times mm-hmm. this year, but he made a great pick in mm-hmm. a, a huge point of the game. Um, not that he didn't have a few breakdowns and a few penalties during that game. But uh, Big Ten refs were on, were on their A game like they always are. Um, but going back to the offensive side of the ball, I said we'd talk about AOC a little more. He was 35 for 54, for 391 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. That one pick was on the first drive of the game. It was just it's a, a pretty- boneheaded one, too. That was the thing. It was just yeah. like – it was very uncharacteristic. It was we, – we didn't need it at the time. It was first drive, like just taking a deep shot. And, yeah, it was kind of like – I mean, because we were driving – Pretty much with ease, and then, yeah, that was frustrating. I don't remember if that was second down or third down, but, yeah, he threw it to – was trying to go to – I don't even remember who he was trying to throw it to, but it was in double yeah. coverage. I thought I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was second down, but I'm not sure. I was, okay. I was like, we didn't need that, but yeah. I, I don't know. But he was awesome in the fourth quarter, like we said. Made, a, made some huge plays. One with his feet on fourth down when the play broke down, <laughs> thanks to Nebraska tackling three of our guys. Uh, and hurting two of them in the play. Yeah, yeah. And then that touchdown throw to Charlie Jones was an unbelievable throw. He had to fit that in a very tight pocket, and he did that because if that defender breaks in that ball, that might be 100 going the other way. Oh, easily. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to catch him. I mean, that that's the, maybe the hardest two-yard throw you can make with the angle yeah. across the field and everything, but uh, that was a pro's throw there. Uh, Devin Mockaby. 
continues to be a story for Purdue. I mean, where would Purdue be without Devin Mockaby? I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> 30 rushes for 178 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kindo Rue made his return. Uh, first mm-hmm. action I think he's had since week two of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Eight rushes for 31 yards. And Kobe Lewis had three for 10 yards. Receiving-wise, it was nice to see Chuck Sizzle, Charlie Jones, mm-hmm. return in his form. 12 catches, 132 yards, two touchdowns. He's now second in the country in touchdowns and catches and seventh in yardage. He's still having a fabulous year. Uh, Gee got out of hell, which is <laughs> I one came to wide receiver heaven, which is West Lafayette. <laughs> TJ Sheffield, really good game. Five catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns. I keep telling you, I think he's got to emerge as our number two guy, even though he's I a slot yeah. guy. Kindo Rua, two catches for 38 yards. Andrew Sowinski, who is a redshirt sophomore. Wow. <laughs> okay, we're like, who the hell is this kid? Four catches for 34 yards. So, uh, yeah, they must really uh, believe in him and, you know, he, He's proven himself to be reliable. Payne Durham, five catches, 30 yards. Mershon Rice, two catches, 29 yards. Mockaby, two catches, 28 yards. Tyron Tracy, two for 21. And Abdur Rahman Yassin. There you go. There you go. There we go. I had to read it. I couldn't do it off the <laughs> top of my head. One catch for nine yards. So still knocking some rust off there. Yeah, there was a couple. Uh, there was one play in particular. I remember he he definitely turned the wrong way. I think Aiden was like throwing into his out shoulder, to more out shoulder, and he turned in and it just. I think it might have been on a third down, too. It was just one of those things where just the chemistry wasn't there yet. Yep. Yep. So, and hopefully Brock Thompson will be coming back soon. He tweeted mm-hmm. something pretty positive. I think it was yesterday. So, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe after the bye week, maybe That's Iowa. That's what I'm thinking, too. I think I'm hoping to get a lot of these, you know, Jefferson back. Hopefully, once he gets, when he takes care of whatever he needs to take care of, Thompson and give, you know, Charlie Jones a chance to rest because he's, he's banged up again. You know, well, I mean, a lot of these guys are banged up. So just hopefully we can get a lot of the guys back after a hopeful yep. W this weekend. Yeah, I wish the bye week was this week. But just yeah. get through the week somehow, get a W, then rest up for a November stretch. I mean, I think – I know you and I would have definitely taken this. I think we actually talked about this when, November, when October, excuse me, started. I think pretty much every Purdue fan would have taken three and one. We mm-hmm. told him at the beginning of this month, but the fact that we have a chance to go four and zero right there and make this a special month um, would be pretty fun. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was three and one. We know with a very realistic chance that two and two was probably being the you know Minnesota and who they've been against us, and then obviously Wisconsin. We'll believe it when we see it, but yeah, um, yeah. the fact that yeah we're three and zero sitting, you know, chance to go four and zero, and kind of the month that was we were thinking was going to define our season is a. Uh, Really good spot to be in. Maybe if we can go four and zero, a little shades of the October in two thousand that the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. team had when they beat Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, and uh, Golden Black Podcast. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to another Purdue podcast here. They did a a Monday Night Memories with some of the members from that two thousand Rose Bowl team, and mm-hmm. t- just talk about October. And it was really fun to listen to the stories and some insight. Vinny Sutherland, Gilbert Gardner, a couple other guys. That we're on there, so very, very cool. Go check it out if you haven't done so already. But um, the one thing that concerns me is uh, Purdue still can't step on somebody's throat when they need to. Up 17 mm-hmm. points, not too far from halftime. I think it was five minutes before half, feeling pretty good. They let Nebraska go down and get that field goal. Mm-hmm. and then But then they strike real hot, or strike real fast to begin the second half, get within seven. And it was a dogfight clear to the end. And, mm-hmm. but this Purdue team's got fight and they know how to finish games. And that's weird because they didn't finish 
the Penn State and Syracuse games, but they finished every other game they needed to, excluding Indiana State because that game was over from the get-go. But, um, I mean, so many times, especially in the last 10 years or so, Purdue's been on the wrong side of these close games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'll take the wins for sure, but I mean, it's, it's easy to find something to complain about. But, yeah, you'd like to see, especially with the talent that we've got and just, you know, the – just the way we've been able to get ahead of somebody seems like you just, yeah, you'd like to see that. It's definitely the next step of hopefully we can maybe take that step, hopefully in say November or something, if, if we can get through this month, uh, you know, you know, four and out potentially, but yeah, that's, that's cause I mean, it very easily could be, you know, we could have a lot of these games could have gone the other way. So yep. it's uh, thankfully they've kind of gutted them out, but yeah, there's eventually they're going to catch up to you. Yeah. I mean, and you know, talking with a lot of Purdue fans, they're all like, ah, we could easily be six and one, if not seven and oh, which is true. Mm-hmm. But we could also be one and six, <laughs> two and five. Yeah. You know, so so it is it is it, it's it's just the way Purdue football's going this year. You know mm-hmm. it's gonna be a close game. You're gonna get your money's worth of your ticket <laughs> if you're looking for an interesting game. That's just how it goes and, and we'll see how it goes on Saturday. Um one thing that is concerning to me, it's been kind of a trend lately is special teams. Uh, field goal kicking, I should say, which mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell F- Mitchell Finneran just doesn't look like the same guy as he was last year. You can tell he's lacking confidence, and it's starting to starting to bother him pretty bad. Yeah, he was, you know, borderline nails last year, and then mm-hmm. this year it's like, I mean, we were kind of talking about the game on Saturday. It's like we just don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even like, I mean, the extra point. I mean, <laughs> the fact that you know we had done what we needed to do, but yet we still could have lost the game because of a stupid missed extra point. Like, just I mean, Ansel wasn't too bad on the punting side um but because i think he had uh let's see here he had, he had two for 55 but i mean one of them was 15 yards i think because that one was a touchback um but yeah i mean the field kicking just i'm not confident right now <laughs> and even we've seen like even like kickoffs we've seen multiple times where we kicked it out of bounds and it's just like in really inopportune time so I mean, we're kind of seeing it's kind of a, a, a common thread to the Jeff Brom era ever since Tony Levine left was special teams just haven't been very solid year to year. It'll be interesting if, and I hope this isn't the case, if he does struggle Saturday up at Camp Randall, if during the bye week they kind of have open it up again because we have other kickers. Yeah. Oh. yeah I, mean, I mean, it might as well just to just kind of see what else see what else you got. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, any other thoughts on the win over Nebraska? I mean, crowd was great. I mean, it was great to, you know, another mm-hmm. night game at Ross State. You know, can't get enough of those because we didn't have them for <laughs> decades. We're, we're, getting, we're getting our fair share this year. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, crowd was great. Uh, hammered out cancer game. It was cool to see, you know, the, I mean, the student section showed out again. So it was, I mean, it's always a good time. Gold jerseys are. Yeah. Nebraska brought a good crowd. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, they're for as much as crap as we like to give Nebraska fans. I didn't really have any issues with the ones that we were near. So, no, they were nice. It was a, it was a, Young guy with uh, three of his boys, so mm-hmm. yeah, they were fine. They're fine. Might have they might have learned some choice words or two, but um, that's okay. That's okay. Bill's character. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, it was in those gold jerseys are grown on me. Produced first win in a gold jersey since '03. So yeah, I, I go back and forth because it's just a it's a weird shade of gold. Like there's, no, there's no way we could wear them with our gold helmets because it would just look too dumb. Because the golds are dumb right. ass, but that's just kind of. I mean, I love You're Nike, right. but man, they they make some. Interesting choices. You're right. You're right. And I think I would like them a little better if the black wasn't on the shoulder pads. But mm-hmm. still, you're right. The shade's a little off. Um, 
but I'm fine bringing them out once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we wear on November 5th against Iowa, which is also sold out. It's the first mm-hmm. time back-to-back home games sold out since 2018, so credit to the fans again. Um, you know, that and that was one thing, and I'm sure this is going to be talked about in future podcasts, but I hope I'm wrong, but say Jeff Brom does leave after the season, it's not due to the, the lack of support for the program. Absolutely not. showed out. I mean, and I've, out, so. I've heard this talked about other on a podcast, but I mean, like with Purdue, we're kind of in a cool, I mean, it, obviously you'd love to be, you know, the Alabamas of the world and, you know, the over college national championship, but like being a Purdue fan is really fun because, you know, yes, okay, we, we don't have the championship aspirations, at least not in football, just because it's just the way college football set up is just it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do and, you know, borderline impossible for a program like Purdue. Um, but it's like, you know, we're not expecting that level, but it's like, if you can get us to like, consistent eight wins like i mean even like six wins like you saw what happens after we, we win six games like people show up and it's like so it's not hard for it to get pretty fans to be excited about football yeah. and get them to show up and you just uh, what we saw what can happen when you don't do it because then you get ten thousand people showing up like we saw when we were in school and um yeah i mean it's a credit to Brom what he's done but just kind of revitalizing the program and i mean it's i mean we grew up in a very cool time of and very lucky to see you know the kind of like kind of tailing the tillers era and you know growing up in four years with kyle lord and seeing ross eight always sold out and packed and now we're kind of getting another taste of that mm-hmm. which has been just so much fun yep um and and we're not saying like for certain or anything that jeff brom's leaving after this year and i hope he doesn't mm-hmm. hope he stays at purdue the rest of his coaching career but all i will say on that until we talk about it future episode is mm-hmm. he will leave Purdue whenever he does, if he does, he will leave it better than he found it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, light years ahead of, so, yeah, light years ahead of where he found it. So, um, and it's interesting though, you're bringing up, you know, he went eight and eight games, nine games or whatever. And that's a great season. It's, it's interesting what you got to do to enjoy college football compared to college basketball. Mm-hmm. And college football, like I said, it is so hard to make the playoffs, even the conference championship. You can have an eight or nine win season, get to a nice bowl game, be competitive, or even win the bowl game, and it's a fun season and it's looked mm-hmm. as a success. Whereas basketball, you don't make a deep run in the tournament, it doesn't really matter what you did mm-hmm. in the regular season. It's just just interesting to how the enjoyment of both sports can be so different. Oh yeah, and part of it too is you know, we, you know with Purdue basketball, we've seen you know we've seen the Big Ten championships, we've seen. True. The, you know, we've seen the Big Ten tournament championships. Like we've seen, you know, the upsets over big teams and all of that, which is, you know, a lot of fun. But I mean, it's just kind of which we're in a. I mean, it's a good spot to be in. The fact that you know the next step is you know the Final Four and you know making that that deep run that we haven't seen since 1980. Um, so I mean, that also kind of sucks too, because like I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of last year. Not to bring up last year's basketball season, but like obviously the ending did leave does leave a sour taste in your mouth. Or we've seen, you know even the year before, you know, when we like had no expectations and all these, these freshmen are just, you know, showing out and we have such a fun season, you know, beat Ohio state at the last, at the last second. And then there's North Texas in the first round. It's like, I mean, it didn't suck as bad as last year. Cause it was like, Oh, we got all these guys coming back, but still it was like, Oh man, we could have like a better team than that or mm-hmm. what we've seen in the past. But, and that's also just, that's the tournament too. It was, yeah, it's it, a crap. It's kind of a crap shoot in a oh, way. It is. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's the worst way to determine a champion, but it's also the most fun way. Correct. So, I swear if the NCAA adds more teams to it. Like, I know I saw Missouri's coach came out there, their new basketball coach. He wants it doubled. I'm like, don't mess with it. I think I saw some of Don't mess with it. That's the way to ruin the fun. If you would mess oh, yeah. with it, like 100 some teams, and that's just, come on, you're not rewarding anybody. So, yeah, it was, it was also Scott Drew says he liked to see the NCAA tournament include another 60 teams. No. It's like, I, like I'm not trying to. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect. It was it was perfect at 64. Like, yeah, I didn't even like teams. Exactly. Exactly. Like, 
Yeah. Stop messing with it. Now, football, I think, and, and you I've can seen, expand like, it. But. I've seen even like people like Hammer Rail say, like, if, if you, especially in the like power, power six, I should say, if you're under 500 in your conference regular season, like you shouldn't even be, able to be in the tournament. Like it's, if you can't even, I mean, I think that's a pretty simple, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like you can't, if you can't win half the games in your, in your conference, you shouldn't be amongst like the better teams in the, in the conference or in the tournament. Right. So, right. Uh, right. So I uh, got a text message from full steam ahead. Uh, full steam aheads, I should say, Adam Bartels. He said, uh, first win in gold jersey since 03, first win at Wisconsin since 03, question mark, which would be the first win not only at Wisconsin, but the first win over Wisconsin mm-hmm. since 03. It's been 15 straight for the Badgers over the Boilermakers. It, they are the monkey on Purdue's back. Mm-hmm. Most of those have been ugly. I mean, we've seen <laughs> P.J. Hill run all over Purdue. We've seen James White. We've seen uh, Melvin Gordon. We've seen Monty Ball. We've seen Jonathan Taylor. Now, uh, Braylon Allen did it last year, and so did uh, their other running back they had last year. Yeah. If he's, if he, I don't know if he's still there or not. If, if he is, he's the backup behind Allen. Um, I mean, we've had some close games. You know, 4 was a heartbreaker. I'm not going to bring that up again. Um, 2018 was a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um, played him tough in 2017. Mm-hmm. Played him tough uh, a little bit last year. It, second half got away from us. That was probably yeah. Aiden's worst game last year. Um, but this this year looks like it could be the time to get him. But Purdue is a two and a half point underdog mm-hmm. at Camp Randall. It's going to be uh, interim coach Jim Leonard's first home game. It's his third game overall as the head coach or the interim head coach with the Badgers, but first home game. So I got to think the crowd's going to be a little fired up because they need this one mm-hmm. if they want any chance to do anything. Um, three thirty ESPN kickoff. Um, it's gonna be an interesting one. I still, I'm still nervous. I, oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel very confident for some reason. I, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic just because it's like, I like the way we're playing for the most part. Um, I mean, it's there's a down Wisconsin team, but again, like you know how, you know, until we you, know, you line it up, like how much you know, what does a down Wisconsin team look like against uh, against Purdue? Like, I mean, they're still like you said. It's, it's going to be a typical Wisconsin team, you know, not going to be a whole lot of passing most likely, but if we can get them to pass, I think that's the big thing is with, with a team like that is get out ahead of them early and make them throw. Cause if we, they have to throw, I think I really like our chances, but if they can, same with like an Illinois, like down the road, like, you know, we get to that game, like make them throw. And, yep. Yep. And Wisconsin's, um, Wisconsin's weakness on defense is, is their secondary. Mm-hmm. Is their pass? Is I mean they they've been getting torched with the pass, so that's good for us. But it, all of a sudden, what's scary about Purdue to some opponents is now they can Purdue pass. All of a sudden, Purdue's got a run game too. Yeah, crazy legs <laughs> mock me. Mock train. Yeah, so he's got two nicknames. Uh, I got a comment here from Thad Mooney. It says looks like it should be our year to beat them, so we can do the Purdue thing and give them the game on a silver platter. I mean. It's hard. It's hard not to. It's hard not to dispute that because when when you've lost to a team fifteen times in a row, um, it's just one of those I'll believe it when I see it type things. Right. I think we're the better team. I really do. I think we're the better football team. Um. But just gotta do it. You just gotta take care of the ball. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, we got away with three turnovers at Minnesota and at Maryland and got the wins. Do that Saturday. I'm not sure you can come away with a win. Right. Um. But like, like you said, get on them early, establish a little run game, but then pass all over them. So keep them on their heels, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It would be a huge, huge win. It would get Purdue Bowl eligible. Um, 
it would be five in a row. It'd get Purdue ranked again because Purdue is the top receiving vote getter outside the AP top 25, knocking on the door. So it'd be a heck of a way to go into the bye week. What? So if, if we do win and we were six and two, two, would this be the quickest? When, when was the last time we reached six wins that quickly? I'm guessing 07. Was it 07? I'm guessing yeah. because I know we were. I think we were seven and two that year and then lost three in a row to end the year and then won the Motor City Bowl over Central Michigan, if I'm correct. Let's see here. So we started at one, two, three, four, five and oh, then we lost to Notre, or to Ohio State. Uh-huh. Lost at Michigan, then we beat Iowa. So we were six been, and two. Yep. And then we beat Northwestern. So we were yeah, seven, seven and two. two. And I remember three straight like I remember Dorian Bryant. They asked him about something after that Northwestern game was seven two and he's like because we had an outside shot at Pasadena because I think mm-hmm. Ohio State went to the championship. Um, and he said something like, oh, we don't want to lose three straight and back our way into Detroit, and that's exactly what happened. It's like, dang it. Like, I forgot that was the Austin Star game. Yep, yep, yep. And, and senior day against Michigan State wasn't fun. No, they came in and kind of clocked us. And I remember I remember one of our uh, good friends that we go to game with, games with almost got in a fight with a Michigan State fan that game. So. <laughs> Um, I do remember that pretty well. Um, I, I couldn't tell you who else. Oh, we lost that Penn State as well because yep. Tiller still like went to the grave thinking we got screwed by the refs that game. Wow, so, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, we lost by, actually, touch, lost by a touchdown. I remember someone lineman going out of bounds with under minutes to go right in front of the ref, and the refs they never yes. stopped the clock. I remember. The, okay, I remember. Okay, I, remember, I didn't remember that was who was against. But I remember that. I remember being yep. as a what a fifteen year old being absolutely livid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because we uh, lost at Penn State, lost on Michigan State, lost to Indiana by three, then beat mm. Central Michigan in an absolute shootout by yeah. Curtis Painter and yeah. Dan LaFever. Dan LaFever, <laughs> oh my, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a J.J. Watt would have been on that Central Michigan team and Antonio Brown. So What a squad. Yeah, really. <laughs> getting, some, uh, getting some talent up there for the Chippewas back in the day. But uh, Butch Jones was their coach, too. Jeez, look at that. I forgot about that. Jeez. <laughs> star No wonder why they were really good at the back. It was on ESPN. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was, yeah, it was the day after Christmas. I remember, like, we got home from Family Christmas and watched the game. And, yeah, it was – Yeah. Was it uh, – who? Oh, man. Who Chris, Chris Summers. Chris Summers, yeah. He was nails yeah. that year, and then he, he was. wasn't so good the, the next year after yeah. that. But uh, good times to look back on. Good times. Good times. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll predict the Wisconsin game in a little bit. But let's go around – the Big Ten and see what other games we got going on this weekend. We don't have too many, only five. Uh, IU at Rutgers. Rutgers is a two-point favorite or three-point favorite. Yeah, three both point, yeah. both these teams need this game really bad. They do both. Do, yeah. Um, call it reverse psychology, but I think Indiana gets it done. I do too. I think it'll be a close game, but I I think I think IU is a little more talented. I think Indiana has the best passing offense left on our schedule. And I think yeah. some, some of the board posted like the passing off or the offense, you know, offensive passing rating for like the remaining schedule. I think IU had a, by far and away the better. Because when Bayslight does throw the ball, he just also throws it to the opposing team quite a bit too. True. True. Iowa at Ohio State. Ohio State's a 30 point favorite. I think they cover that with these. I don't. Does uh, Iowa I, find? Does Iowa score a touchdown? 
That's the question. <laughs> I think Ohio State wins, but for some reason I do think Iowa covers. Iowa's defense is good enough, even though Ohio State's offense is amazing. Iowa's defense is good enough. I think they can cover that 30-point spread. But, yeah, Peter's uh, – Is that Fox Big Noon Saturday? Yes, it is. It's at noon on Fox. Of course Fox. it is. It's Ohio State. Um, <laughs> but it's Iowa. Peter's has thrown one more attempt than Stroud this year, passing attempt, but he hadn't huh. even reached 1,000 yards. It's on the same amount of interceptions, three, but uh, Stroud has thrown 24 touchdowns, whereas <laughs> Petrus has thrown two. Petrus, I keep calling Peter. Yeah. Petr- Spencer Petrus, yeah. Uh, oh then we got gosh. their leading receiver doesn't even have a receiving touchdown. That's why Charlie and, and, and Tyrone left. So, got one of five Northwestern just having an awful season at five and yeah. two Maryland, but I'm guessing Maryland's going to be with their backup quarterback. That's true. But Maryland's still a 14-point favorite. I still think they cover that. With I still think they cover it, yeah. I mean, who does, who does Northwestern have left on their schedule? They've got – okay, they, oh, God. Okay, they go at Iowa next week. I mean, who knows? Could be like a 3-2 to two game. Then they, then they host Ohio State. Yikes. Oh, boy. Then they go at Minnesota. Then at Purdue, then home against Illinois. They may not win another game. They might not be an FBS team this year. Oh, they I mean, beat Nebraska. They beat, well, they beat Nebraska. I forgot about that. I was thinking they beat, yeah, because they lost to the, the FCS team they played. Lost to Illinois, lost to Miami, Ohio. Um, does, I mean, is that is Fitzgerald in trouble if they go 1-11? I would think so, but everybody says no. So, I mean, because he, like my dad and I were talking about last week on the podcast, dad's like, he's taking the Northwestern places they'd never been. But then I said, well, he played on the Rose Bowl team. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a coach, yeah, he's he's done a pretty good job. But I got to think, like, this is a couple years in a row. I mean, throw out that yeah. wash 2020 season. They weren't good mm-hmm. in 2019. They weren't good last year. They're not good this year. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a trend. And now with the NIL factor, I think that's going to hurt Northwestern. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, same thing with Northwestern basketball. It's like your coach has done the one thing that no one else has been able to do. Like, how do you, like, do you get rid of him? But I mean, right. he's also do, not doing well right now. Right. So. Right. They're stuck. They're stuck in a yeah. rut. And yeah. So maybe, maybe you get some heat on the seat at least a little bit. Yeah. Uh, then the nightcap. I remember when I wanted to fit you up for the Bears at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, nightcaps four and two Minnesota, two losses in a row for PJ Fleck and his squad of rowers at number 16, five and one Penn State, who is a three and a half point favorite. I think the Nittany Lions cover that. I think they do come off a tough loss against Ohio or uh, Michigan. Sorry, they play Ohio Mid- State next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't get easy there. No, I think, yeah, I think they cover going top 25 action. Number 14 ranked six and oh, Syracuse Orange. Yeah, they beat NC State, off. who's ranked. I'm still not a huge believer in this team. But they, no. they, they finally go away from the Dome for the second time this year. This one's to number five, Clemson, who's a 13.5-point favorite. Did you say they go, they're going away for the second time this year, and it's October 22nd when they do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ch- fact-check myself. Let's let's check. Okay, I'll pull it right now. They were at UConn. Yeah, that, at UConn. Week two. Good Lord. I mean, I guess they finish up – their last two games are on the road too, but 
Jeez. We'll uh, find out a lot about them this week at Clemson and next week at home against Notre Dame. Yeah. Even though Notre Dame, I mean, is there much you can tell from playing Notre Dame right now? No, there's not. I, I think Clemson, Clemson covers. covers. I do, too. I think they're going to be in the playoff. They're pretty good. That defensive line is an NFL defensive line. Um, number 21, Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point favorite at SMU. Cincinnati's five-and-one. SMU's three-and-three. Three. Only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Interesting. I think I think they win and cover and Fickle I think they do too. Fickle's name's not really coming up for these big jobs, and I don't understand why. I mean, I can see was what rumored for what was he rumored for last year. Um, well, Notre Dame shortly, but that, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. Then that it was a couple years ago when Michigan State ended up with Mel Tucker. They offered Fickle the job, and he turned right. it down. His wife didn't like East Lansing. Who does? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think since I covered that. Good one down in Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly and his five and two LSU Tigers host number seven ranked seven and oh old miss. LSU's a one and a half point favorite. I'm gonna go with the fight Lane Kiffins. I'm gonna go with Brian Kelly in this one. LSU got a big win over Florida last week. I think they get this one done, but last time I picked them over a rank opponent, that didn't go well against Tennessee. It's kind of funny when you think about SEC. Tennessee's getting all the hype for the being undefeated. Georgia's getting a little talk undefeated. Then Ole Miss isn't getting talked about at I just, all. I saw. So I was like, I was like, Ole Miss is seventh in yeah, the country. Nobody's giving, talking about them at all. So, which man, I'm really mad. Ole Miss isn't playing Tennessee this year because I want to see see what their fans would have how they'd retaliate since they got what like mustard thrown at Lane Kiffin last year or something. We like got that. a golf ball thrown at him too. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Even though he did on game day last year. Or last week they had him mic'd up when they're he was like on the field, Ole Miss, and they were talking about him about the to him about the Alabama Tennessee game, and he said, "Go Vols today, beat Alabama." Mm-hmm. So I got the crowd cheering. I mean, I feel like everybody. I mean, everybody wants to see Alabama lose. But it was interesting because I'm like Lane, you were just the OC at Alabama not too yeah. long ago. It's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. kind of revitalized his career a little bit after he sucked at Tennessee and didn't really do very well elsewhere. Can you still hear me? I'm froze. Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, I'm going to uh, see if I can get my camera going again. Um, I still froze? Yep. Shoot. Um, Only the highest quality here on Blue Breakdown. So if you're listening, you have no idea what's even going on. I'm going to keep talking. That's fine. See if I can get this thing uh, going again. Um, All right, so where do we leave off here? Um, Ole Miss LSU. Yeah, good one in Pac-12. Number nine, undefeated, go. future Big Ten member, six and zero, UCLA at number ten, Oregon, five and one, who's Potential played Big well. Matchup. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. Um, I like the Ducks at home. In honor of your father's pick, I'm gonna go UCLA. He, I gotta give him credit. He, uh, I don't know how he. So far, is on the mark with that. Uh, I thought he was crazy before the year picking UCLA in his playoff, but uh, so far, so good. Yeah. Um, number twenty, Texas, six and a half point favorite at number eleven, Oklahoma State, who choked away, which would have been a big win last week against TCU. Mm, I'm gonna go. Oklahoma State bounces back with the. I I am too. I think. I think Gundy's a really good coach, but of course, last week goes right with what everybody says. He can't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of stuck. But still a great program. But Absolutely. 
Number 24, Mississippi State. Oh, these poor guys. Five and two <laughs> traveled to number six, six and one. Alabama is a 21 point favorite. I think they cover that. I yeah. always feel bad for the team who has to play Alabama after they lose. I can't imagine film study the next day, especially for the defensive backfield who just got absolutely torched. By How about the, the kicker? He wasn't even close. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Did you hear about the conspiracy theory that Alabama fans were uh, talking about today? No. Or uh, talking about, uh, supposedly, I just, a coworker told me this was apparently just some Alabama fans who think that the field goal post that they missed the kick on, they're claiming that it was like smaller than various size, which is why Tennessee tore it down. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I want to because I don't have to put an explicit rating on this podcast. But, oh, um, SEC fans are special. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i just leave it at that. Yeah. A, good, a good game at night down at TCU. TCU is a surprise team of the year for me. Sony mm-hmm. Dykes doing a really good job. They're ranked number eight. They're 6-0. and they, they host number 17th ranked Kansas State, who's 5-1. and Did you know Kansas State's the only FBS team not to throw an interception yet? I did not know that. And wow. Adrian Martinez was an interception king at Nebraska. <laughs> he hadn't thrown one. Shows you what happens when you get away from Scott Frost. Exactly. I'm going to go uh, TCU. I am too. Um, as your dad would say, purple makes you look fat. And this is a game of <laughs> a lot of purple, TCU and Kansas State. I think it'll be a good one, but I think I think TCU gets it done. A throwback to the Alamo, Alamo Bowl. Is that when that chant was? Yep. Yep, yeah. 90, 97. Seven, yeah. No, 90, 98, 90, 98, 98 yeah. 97 was Oklahoma State Alamo Bowl. Yep. Um, quick note here, Adam Bartels of Full Steam Ahead Podcast. Uh, let us know that Jaden Ivey's 19 points, four assists, three steals, three rebounds, and a Pistons win to start his career. So Beat good start magic. for the rookie. Good start. What did, let's look at a, what did, what did a Palo Bancaro do. 27 points, 11 of 18, nine rebounds, five assists. No, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good night. I just saw the Pacers that, were losing last time I saw, so. Well, let's see here. What to the they, Wizards. They lost by seven. Tank. Already. <laughs> that's what they need I, to I'm do. I'm trying to think, like, who's going to be, like, the number one. I'm trying to think who's even going to be the number one pick in college Zach Eady. There you go. <laughs> no, no, I don't Braidsmith. know. I uh, there, there we go. There we go. Get it going on Twitter right now. Um, I don't know. It'll be some some freshman for Kentucky or Duke or yeah. North Carolina or something. That's so. a sidebar, but like this Pistons Orlando game is a, is a game of a lot of great young talent between Jalen Suggs, Paolo Bancaro for Orlando, um, and then Detroit. Obviously, you've got uh, Ivy, Cade Cunningham. You got some. Some pretty awesome uh, talent there. Hold on. Well, that's what happens when um, your buddy so Bayheim so is on the Pistons. Shut. They know up. he's in the league. He didn't play, but yes, he uh, he played. Wow. Okay. Sorry, that just blew my mm-hmm. mind. But I wish Carson was still in the league and on the Pistons. That would have been fun. He's but... tearing it up in Turkey, though. Yep, he's doing good. He's doing good. And Trey's not on the team right now, right? I, don't, I thought yeah, I thought I thought I saw he got released by the Warriors like a couple times. Yeah. I feel like unless it was just unless reading the same report, but it looked like he got. Yeah, uh, it'll be tough for him, but hopefully someone picks him up. I mean, the, the Midwestern Cowboy Dakota Mathias yep. is a Grizzly right now, so mm-hmm. which yeah. they are beating the Knicks good by seven right now. 
gonna assume he hasn't seen action, but we'll just check to make sure. He might not even be dressed. He's not even on the roster. But Jake Laravia has gotten some run. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's wild. I, my NBA fandom has fallen so far. I didn't even know that regular season was starting until you texted me earlier. This well, week. I'm upset being someone who lives in Indianapolis uh, and being a massive Jaden Ivey fan as I am. Uh, the Pistons come to Indy on Saturday to play the Pacers, which I don't think I can go, but I was like, it'd be a perfect time to go because it's Saturday. And I was like, oh, I'll just catch them because they, I know they'll come back again. They don't come back to Indy until the second to last game of the season. At that point, if, if he could be shut down at that point right. if they suck, so right, or even if they clinch playoffs, they might rest. Right, yeah. So, I'm yeah. very upset. So maybe I'll visit Andrew in Milwaukee. There you go. Bucks. There you go. Pfizer Forum. Yep. Pfizer Forum. So uh, uh, let's circle back. Uh, Purdue, Nebraska. About said Purdue, Nebraska. <laughs> well, red Purdue, Wisconsin this weekend. Like we said, three thirty ESPN Camp Randall. Uh, Wisconsin's two and a half point favorite. Score prediction and MVP of the game for the Boilers. I mean, I got to pick Purdue. It hasn't <laughs> happened, but I'm going to say Purdue 24 21. Finneran with the game winning kick. Shades of Ben himself. Jones in 2003. There we go. Uh, Kyle Orton to, uh, to uh, what was that, Ray Williams? Was a Royal. I don't remember. I, I can remember. I, I didn't. I wasn't able to watch that game. I was at like a number a two. Boy Scout he wore camp number two. I'm it. gonna look. I think. I think yeah. Ray Williams. Yeah. Because didn't he, didn't he get transferred or didn't he transition to like a cornerback? Yes, he did. His senior yeah. year. Um, but MVP. I'm gonna say AOC. AOC. I'm looking up the roster just to make sure here. Uh, why can I never find it? Yes, Ray Williams. He was a sophomore. He had 15 catches that year for 240 yards. No, no, no bigger than that one that day. That was, you know, everybody remembers game day being the 04 game, of course, at Purdue. That was also mm-hmm. college game day in 03. That's right. I forgot that we did back-to-back Wisconsin game days. Mm-hmm. Fun, as you're looking at the stats, Graham Mertz has thrown one more touchdown and one more pick than Aiden O'Connell. Wow. But he's uh, thrown – he's completed – 72 less passes. <laughs> it, 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 we were talking about game day, and if I don't say this, this is going to bother me. And, of course, we all know how the fumble game ended. But, you know, there's a lot of people have documented that if Purdue would have won that game against Wisconsin, game day was coming back to Purdue the very next week for the Michigan game. It was going to be the first time ever they went to the same location two weeks in a row. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That would have been pretty cool. That's been pretty cool because they I, went to, I, they've been in Knoxville twice this year, right? But it wasn't yep. obviously back to back, right? Because there was a lot of people that were well, not a lot. There was some people that were surprised last week that they didn't go somewhere else just because they've been there. But I'm when not. you got, I mean, it was the biggest home game Tennessee had since Peyton Manning's been there. So yeah, and you're talking two top ten teams, I guess. Right, really like top eight right. teams, right. and it's so, Alabama. So hey, maybe maybe Purdue will be a, a game day uh, visitor this week or this year at November twelfth, maybe. That is one of the Power 5 programs game day's never been to, Illinois. The thought of Purdue-Illinois game day for football is just hilarious to me. <laughs> on, our, on our preview show when we did the confidence points, I did say that game scared me, but I had no idea Illinois was going to be 6-1 and one on October 19th. <laughs> <laughs> what did I have for that game so I can find it? Uh, oh, it's right here. Uh, I had <laughs> – that was a 9. <laughs> I think that was my Syracuse game was a 9. I had Maryland as a five, Nebraska as a six. Wisconsin won for all of us across the board. Yep. Yep. 
I think Minnesota was twos and threes. Yeah, Minnesota two, Penn State three, uh, Northwestern four. That might look a little better. <laughs> right now. Maryland five, Nebraska six, Iowa seven, Indiana eight, Illinois nine. God, I'd like to switch those now. Uh, Syracuse was ten. Yeah, FA, or FAU was eleven, and Indiana State was twelve. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But uh, yeah. Um, I've been telling everybody that's been asking me this week that I, I I'll believe it when I see it. When mm-hmm. uh, as far as Purdue, and I still will. But being a Purdue podcast, I don't know if I, I think I have picked against Purdue before, but it's not uh, very yeah. many times. Yeah, I will go with the Boilers. Um, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, player of the game. Gotta go mock train. Gotta go mock okay. Will we see another? Because I'm pretty sure. So Jalen had a defensive touchdown last year, right? Was it a scoop or as a pick or was it a scoop and score? It was last George Karloftis. Was it George scoop last year? Yep. Yep. Okay. Didn't he, didn't George have one in 19 as well? I feel like there's been a couple years where we've had like defensive touchdowns against Wisconsin, unless I'm just remembering the same play. Just <laughs> now, Jalen Graham had a pick six against Nebraska last year. Maybe that's what I'm Yeah, two picks another against red Nebraska. Red yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we're due for a defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still think we're due for a special teams touchdown. Excuse me. But I've said that all year long. <laughs> I, our special teams, I also noticed last week that our kick coverage doesn't get down the field very fast for whatever no. reason. And then even on punts, like Charlie tries to return a lot of them, our punt coverage is not very good either. So nope. our special teams right now is just not that solid. Nope. <laughs> and we need that when you're when you're on the road in the Big Ten. So, yep. yep. But uh, it'll be a fun one to watch, I hope. I hope. I hope. So, uh, Any final thoughts on football? Any, any thoughts on basketball before we do some sponsor reads? I mean, AP poll came out for basketball, as we kind of expected. Purdue was not uh, receiving votes, but not ranked, which I'm fine with. Uh, only three Big Ten teams were ranked. Uh, Indiana was like 13th. Illinois was – or Michigan was 20th. Illinois was 23rd. Michigan was 24th. Or yeah. They were 22nd, something like that. I don't know. Um, but interesting, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten, I mean, you could say it's down, but they've lost so much. But it's interesting to see kind of who steps up because last year we weren't really expecting you know, John Davis to be the star that he was, or even Keegan Murray. We kind of knew about Jay Nivey and some of those guys, but you know, so interesting who uh, can emerge as a star in the league this year. Yep, basketball season will be here before we know it. I mean, it's just a couple weeks away. The first regular season games November eighth against Milwaukee, yeah. so. It's coming. It's coming. Our basketball preview will be coming. Maybe if we have time, maybe we'll do a basketball trivia episode. Mm-hmm. I can probably work that in, but maybe we'll see if we can get some people available for that. That might be fun to do. It's it's tough when we get to this part of the season because then our podcasts become two sports into one. So our yeah. episodes become even longer than, than we're doing tonight. But it's fun. We, we enjoy it that way. We enjoy it that way. It should be a fun basketball season. It's kind of one of those seasons not sure what to expect. And mm-hmm. sometimes those are more fun than – when you have high expectations and feel mm-hmm. all the pressure. So, um, but uh, one thing that's been constant for the Boiler Breakdown the last few years is a sponsorship from Mad Mushroom. And I don't have my read up, so I'm doing it off the top of my head. Um, if you go into Mad Mush, tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you, or you can use promo code BREAK5 online 
at madmushroom.com for $5 off any order over $20. That includes the pizza of the month, which this month the pizza for October is Rachel's Chicken Parm. It's their traditional pizza sauce, lots of chicken, not a little, lots, mozzarella (laughs) and Parmesan cheeses and finished with fresh basil. And that starts for the low price of $14. So get two of those bad boys and use the breakdown break code break that <laughs> code break five jeez i am butchering this this is why i need to read it in front of me code break five or five dollars off any order over twenty dollars or if you don't want two pizzas but you got to get a cheese stick you can't go to mad mush and not get their famous cheese stick they're known as the home of the original cheese stick get a pizza get a cheese stick use that code or like you said if you go there in person just tell them the boiler breakdown sent you and you'll get five dollars off any order over twenty dollars that's mad mushroom feed your head if you don't fed, follow the Mad Mush Twitter account, you are missing out because they are fantastic on game day. They are. They, even on, not on game days, they're always yeah. clever and creative with their tweets, but on game days, they are. They go above and beyond. What's the shop got going on, Webby? I know uh, uh, they they had a big sale going on yesterday, and I think some new, hoodies, yeah. some new hoodies came out today. Yeah, some new crewnecks. Or I didn't even see that today. I've been on the road today. But yeah, the Broil Breakdown is brought to you by The Shop. The Shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to the fans since 2011. From their humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find them at their two retail stores and online. They make comfortable shirts. It makes everybody happy. The Shop is located in Carmel and Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. They make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order thank you again for the shop for joining second or for their second season with the program sponsor we love them just got some brand new shirts for, for purdue uh, kind of the day the the jerseys were announced they came up with a shirt that strangely resembled a jersey it's like they knew what was mm-hmm. coming i'm a little, yeah. uh, a little suspicious there yeah. um but yeah mason gillis uh nil shirt and also caleb first nil shirt so go support our athletes uh yeah new new crew neck came out uh last week and i, I haven't seen the new hoodies this week yet but and uh, I, I i'm not sure if it was purdue i just saw new hoodies i i, I didn't didn't look into it very far so to the twitter machine see what they're uh i know they were having a big sale today for pacer items too with today being yeah they, they, they yeah, just got a new uh sponsorship with the, or a deal with the pacers mm-hmm. uh if you're if you're a vintage Pacer fan too, you know the '90s, early 2000s, they got a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, Rick Smiths, Marcus Square Arena, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check out the shop. So they've got two retail locations, um, great stores. Uh, and then obviously online, you can find a lot of a lot of goodies on there. Yep. So no excuse not to get some pizza on game day and get some great Purdue apparel for game days so uh because you're gonna need plenty of it the rest of the football season and basketball season get some hoodies it's getting cold out there and i don't like it but it is what it is so any final thoughts webby as we wrap up this week's episode it's a big one on saturday i mean chance to go four in october it'd be incredible and also kind of get that wisconsin monkey off our back so we can finally shut up about talking and we can finally shut up about it um yeah, got to do it sometime. West. Yeah, gotta, I mean, if we, want to, if we want to play Big Ten West, even if it's a yep. down year for Wisconsin, you got to go through Wisconsin because they're yep. going to probably be there in the end regardless. Uh, and hope that Illinois trips up and let's uh, let's go take the Big Ten West. Let's do it. Let's boil up, hammer down, and beat the Badgers. Boil up.